51. And we are recording. We are back with OGA Ron, Mr. Ron Moeller. Please introduce yourself for all the new listeners, even though you were just on like a week ago. <laughs> yeah, wow. You're desperate for guests. I, I am. I mean, I'm scraping the bottom. Big time. I'm, I'm underneath the bottom. Hey, everyone. Hi, my name's Ron Moeller. I'm um, a state Senate candidate here in South Dakota, District 31, which is centered around Deadwood, South Dakota, up here in the northern Black Hills. Um, I'm a retired CIA paramilitary officer. I did 38 years working for the uh, federal government both as a civilian and in the military. Well, my wife would tell me I wasn't in the military. I was in the Air Force. So I got to, you know, give her a backhanded shout out, I guess. Anyways, so here I am. And uh, yeah, <laughs> anyways, here I am. Um, uh, gosh, last time we talked, it was we, we went into what uh, the continuity of government rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, we didn't even. Yeah, that that's that's um, that could be really scary. I mean, people. Uh, you know, there's a continuity of operations, there's continuity of government, and then continuity there's a of constitution, uh, right? Oh, well, what would you uh, say that again? Continuity of constitution. Well, it's something a little called a little something different. I have at the risk of going to federal prison. And I think it's called enduring constitutional. Yes. Government. Yes, it is. No, you're, you're good. It's in it's in Garrett Graff's book, Raven Rock. He talks about the three types of continuity. You're good. Right. Yeah. So anyways, that's like the, uh, that's when, the when, deepest. when we get, when we get to that stage, you know, Oh hell, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, put out range stakes and, and shoot the zombies as they come across the oh, desert. No. When so, we're at enduring, when we're at, in, uh, when, we're at, when we're at continuity of constitution, that's when you just want to, that's when you want to swallow a shotgun. That's the worst yeah. of the worst. <laughs> well, I'm not going to, no, I'm not. I'm not going down without a fight, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it basically means that, you know, everything that you and I both know and every, everything is gone and it's, it's literally going to be trying to reconnect the various um, groups of survivors. It's, it's, yeah, it's the, uh, it's like the base of the reptilian brain. It's like, I mean, like, right. Well, we, so we, we take care of like our, like, so now I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm maintaining my, my schedule. I'm doing podcasts. I'm, I got laundry going right now behind that. It's like, well, I need food and water and sleep behind that. I'm like, well, if my arm breaks, my other arm works and I can, you know, call an ambulance and you go farther and farther in until finally it's like, if you are knocked unconscious and your body is dying and you're out of food and water, you'll metabolize your fat and the back of your brain will keep the respiratory system going and your heart beating. You're not in a great spot if you're falling back on that leg. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty, ch pretty chancy. And then I guess we also talked a little bit about why well, sure nuclear war is winnable and survivable. By God, let's let's give it a go. Let's give it. Let's give it the old college try. That's yeah, it'll work. Yeah, no, it'll, let's yeah. not. What, what was it? Uh, was it was it Einstein or, or or I don't remember who it was. One of the smart guys. It's uh, yeah, maybe Carl Sagan. It's like two guys standing waist deep in gasoline and one has five matches and the other has three. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. I mean, like, on paper, you won, maybe? Um, yeah. So, uh, well, ac actually, so like right after you came on, like a couple of days later, I, I had on an author named Peter Dale Scott, who I hadn't heard of before. He's 93. Wow. But everyone I've told about is like, oh, holy shit, you had on Peter Dale Scott. And I'm like, I don't, I felt so bad because I was like, I don't, 
I don't know who that is. And uh, he was a super sweet guy, sharp as a tack. Um, but apparently he's just like a legendary like author and commentator on U.S. foreign policy or whatever. One of the things he got into was I had gone this whole podcast with no one ever wanting to talk about continuity of government, except for the author, Garrett Graff. And then in a week I have on you and I have on Peter Dale Scott, who goes all the way into he's like, I don't know if you ever heard of COG. And I was like, continuity of government. <laughs> and we just went down another rabbit hole. So <laughs> kind of some weird synchronicities with that. But um, before we and uh, last time we didn't talk at all about, you know, anything about your campaign. But, you know, I think it's also you get to know the real person when you talk about things you're interested in. So for my own personal question, and then I promise we will get into politics. Um, That's okay. So it's I your have, show. Ah, we can do it, everyone. It's like I told you, it's a dictatorship. You can, you're my fellow dictator. Is <laughs> I had known about Ground Branch, Maritime Branch, and Air Branch, and you had mentioned a fourth that I hadn't heard of, and I looked it up, and it was it Special Armor and and something? Could you well, just enlighten it, me on that? Well, I, yeah, they're always reorganizing. Uh, when yeah, I yeah. was there, we we uh, we had the three the three big ones. Obviously, Ground Branch is the first among equals you know they're the 900 pound gorilla in in sog and then you got air and then you got maritime and uh i was uh i was in both air and uh maritime and then i was a uh, branch chief for personnel recovery branch okay and i guess maybe they made the uh the special programs and special weapons stuff uh, a branch i don't know it was always like one guy did it and he he had the office and behind the locked door and occasionally he would come out and it was you know, you know, damn, dude. You know, you know, he he still think is it still the seventies you know, yeah. type of? I mean, he'd been behind the locked door for a while. No, I'm yeah. I'm kidding. But he, uh, so I don't know. I don't know what they're doing now. I mean, SAD is now SAC, yeah, you know, Special Activities Center. Yeah, that's that's the new management style at the agency, I guess. And so yeah. whatever. Yeah, I was just looking it up. It's no longer Ground Branch. It's Ground Department, which I didn't know before about ten minutes ago. Good Lord. So, it's oh, which is which is I mean so it's so stupid. I mean, if you're gonna rearrange the names, and I'm right. as as I'm gonna sit here and be an arm armchair uh, special special operations general, like hey guys, let me tell you how it's done. Let the, let this idiot in slippers tell you how to do uh, <laughs> deniable operations. I, I understand the irony of this, but like, man, yeah. if you're gonna change the names around, at least completely change it. Don't change it from ground branch to ground department. I mean, make up a new name like the office, the office of of Liberty Organization or some shit. Hide it under an NGO and put it in Kenya. <laughs> Don't change from branch to department. That's like a kid that didn't do a book report and he's doing it the morning of. It, oh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm. That's okay. I'm. I'm sure somebody, uh, you know, said, "Hey, in in business school, this is what I, this is how I learned how we can or- reorganize." And and he probably got a big cash award and probably did. And, Whatever you know, it, it's like when uh, they changed the DO to the National Clandestine Service, yeah. and we still all called it the DO. The the NCS was, uh, it was a, it was a terrible name. It didn't it didn't sing. We were told, well, you're also going to include the Defense Human Service and some of the remaining residual service human folks that are more operational and tactical. So it really didn't fit. But you know, there were visions of you know, the, the clandestine intelligence czar, you know, sitting in his office on the seventh floor, moving chess pieces around. And yeah, no, it never happened. Mm-hmm. And then of course we went back to the DO, which was like, everybody's like, yeah, back to the future. Yeah. So, 
or yeah, or what? Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, um, whatever it's called. I mean, it's always going to be ground branch, and, yeah. and that's that's what it, ground department. Just it sounds like you know you're you're. I work at Macy's. Which department? I'm well, in the, the ground department. department. Uh, we, yeah, we do yeah. uh, Peabody coats and ties for uh, for a big sizable <laughs> gentleman and men who aren't sure if they're a woman or not. Uh, welcome to the grad department. Yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty bad. Um I was going to say it, it I do have like a a point of pride. Uh like a month or two ago I had on a uh, retired lieutenant colonel Bernie Flowers running for congress out of Maryland and uh I'd mentioned a, a program and the face and the color from his face kind of dropped uh, Gorgon stare. And it's but there's a book on it. There's a book I read a couple of years ago during the pandemic on Audible. Like it was a free book too. And he was like, where? And so I, he was like, oh, and I was just like, I was like, oh, he was like, yeah, no, no comment. And I thought it was just kind of funny when I said continuity of constitution. <laughs> he he kind of, well, you know, the, uh, there, there's, there's the thing, you know, I mean, even though there's, it's, it's out there, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how you read an Audible book, but never mind Helen Keller. That's okay. Hey, hey, um, I am Helen Keller so 2.0. You said it. No, I'm, but I mean, even though, you know, you know, John Smith writes a book and talks about, we'll, we'll pick on Gorgon stare and everything like that. Well, that's all well and good. You know, you know, your, your guest and, you know, others, <clears throat> you know, sorry, we're not authorized to talk about it. We're not okay. authorized to confirm tonight. So I mean, that's, gotcha. that's, gotcha. that's where we're at on that. So it's, yeah, well, that's why we can talk about war stories. You know, there I was knee deep in hand grenade pins and, and, and flatbread, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and chai tea in the middle yeah. of the village. Yeah. But yeah, it's. No, I got you. I got you. So I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like we, we don't want to comment on it, but like we really don't want to go to jail can't. either. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. like, uh, so yeah, it's like I've had on Dale. And, and I know you weren't playing gotcha with him no. or anything like that because no well because so. an idiot like me i'm like i pulled it off on my phone i'm like no it's an audiobook like i was like i, I yeah. there's no gotcha here like i'm um no. but uh yeah no i've, I've had on a uh, dale dale comstock and joe teddy and they were both in ground branch but like they legally can't say on like a show that they were in ground branch and they've told me they're like it's literally just that like i'm just not I technically am not allowed to say it. And well, it's I got like, a plaque uh, on my wall from Air Branch. It's going to be a little hard to deny. It, and, I don't know. I have no idea. And um, I got a plaque. I got a plaque from my guys when I was chief of personnel recovery. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. You get like a party. It's on my, hat. It's on my brag wall. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah you, you have a big sombrero and it says Black Ops on it. Like <laughs> you know, it's a uh, congratulations on not doing that. And it's like, what are we doing here? Um, but. Yep. So, so I promised that we would we would shift from continuity of government and nuclear targeting and special activities division to actual relatable politics that you are going about. What is on your immediate future? What is on your immediate mind? Aside from not the whole campaign trail, like we're going to go out and we're going to shit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What what do you have and what is important to you for your campaign? what do i have i i, I have energy I have, and i have time i have a mustache <laughs> no well, yeah I, yes i got that too um the uh yeah i i tell people i i bring a fresh perspective i, I some fresh energy to the uh to the thing um you know the the, the challenge in 
here we're in district 31 in Lawrence County, the, the greater Deadwood spearfish area is <clears throat> that um, it's the same group of people every time. It's yeah. the good old boys and gals that they just rotate jobs. Yeah. We have term limits in, in the state legislature, but they just rotate around. And, um, and if they don't want to go back to the legislature, then they become county commissioners or they go become mayors of the city or, or city commissioners or councilmen or whatever it's called this week. Uh, but it's the same group of people. It's, it's the, it, you know, it's the usual suspects. It's this, yeah. you know, there's no, and you have to pass some sort of uh, secret test coming right out of a animal house, you know, like, thank you, sir. I'll have another uh, <laughs> to, to get into it, get into the group. Get into the so, club. well, yeah, but yeah. And I don't, I don't play by that rule. And, and most people, and everybody's aware of it, but nobody had the cojones gumption the to, uh, yeah. Yeah. The brass, the big brass, you know, ones uh, to, to challenge that thing. So here back in God, June, July, I, uh, I filed my paperwork to run for the state Senate. Um, the incumbent um, who is not running for reelection, he, uh, he decided to retire in December, but at that time it was, he, it was an unknown. He had been um, a County judge for 30 some years he was a well-known attorney in the county. Uh, he was also the city attorney for the city of Leeds. He's the attorney of record for the, the Leeds Deadwood School District, uh, the Deer Mountain Water and Sanitation District, the the Lead Fire Protection District. I, you know, I, I mean, he's he's well connected, and he's and he's stretched real thin. Um, and he then he'd been elected state representative and he term limited out and he swapped over to the state senate and he's f finishing up this year will be his last you know he, his one and only term as a state senator i mean he's in his you know he's in his mid to late 70s if he hears this he's probably going i am not i'm in the young 70s um he's a nice guy uh, you know and all and and he's he's served the community long and faithfully i i give him that but i I decided, no, I'm going to challenge him because I didn't like some of the votes he took. Um, you know, when you, when you sit there and tell me uh, when you, when you're out meeting the public and, you, you know, they have those little legislative get togethers where the public can come and question your legislature and ask him questions. And he sits there and he tells me I'm a fiscal conservative and I'm this and I'm that. Okay. So, but your voting record says something else. So, you know, and I had copies of his voting record all the way back from when he was a state rep. So I'm like, well, I'm going to challenge him. And oh my God, you, you, you thought you can't challenge the King. I says, well, why not? I mean, why, I mean, are you happy with him? Well, no, I, I, I don't think he's a conservative at all, but you can't challenge him. You can't challenge the King. Well, why not? And they go, well, well it's just not done like that. I go, well, would you want to, I mean, are you happy with him? No. So why shouldn't he be challenged? I mean, win, lose, or draw, it's, you know, he's got to have a, he's got to have a challenger and uh, he's had challengers in the past, but they've been um, half-hearted and disorganized. And if anything, I'm not half-hearted and certainly not disorganized. Although if you saw me this morning trying to fill out my financial statement before the primary, it was like, ah, where's that receipt? Ah. Oh, no, no, so, I, um, I, you know. 
Uh, but no, I got it all done. It's it's all squared away in it, and I'm I'm good. The Secretary of State already approved it, you know, and said, yeah, good. Now it's a matter of public record. It's on the, it's on the internet, and um, everything. But um, so anyway, so yeah, and I, uh, but I, uh, unbeknownst to me, oops, I I upset people that I didn't know existed, you know, so-called power brokers and yeah. uh, king make kingmakers, both here locally and in, in in the county as well as in the state capital. Um, and I also uh, got a lot of support from a lot of people who were also kingmakers and power brokers in the county and in the state capital. So it's kind of funny because, you know, they go, yeah, we, we like what you represent. You represent new energy, new perspective, um, strong conservative values. Uh, you know, you've got a war record. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a small 45 RPM, but you know, it's okay. Um, God, come on now. Sorry. No, don't. Uh, that's strike one. No, I'm, I'm, strike, I'm, I'm not. I'm, that's pun one. I'm not, Everybody I'm not, gets three. Oh, okay, good. I didn't, I didn't know what the rules were. Three so for see, life, though. Were, three for life. Oh, well. <laughs> so you, use them, use them carefully. You can run, yeah, you sorry. can, you can be a regular guest on the podcast or you can be sent to the guillotine. <laughs> okay god well that went downhill fast anyways so what is it good for yeah Yeah. um but anyways so uh, you know i'm uh you know it's uh it's been it's been fun so anyways so i uh you know really long-winded answer the the history of the campaign was so i um i originally had a campaign manager who um was a, a a very bright young man but he didn't live in the county and he didn't know the county because every county in South Dakota has its own little personality and quirks and, and things like that. And his advice was to do various things as the campaign ratcheted up. And there were things that I no, we're not going to do that. And so eventually we just decided to uh, part ways, which uh, was probably best. And uh, I, you know, it's, it's all, it's all good. I mean, I don't bear him any animus and I, I, I don't think he bears me any animus, but he wanted to do things like robocalls. And I don't think anybody out there likes robocalls oh. because they're annoying no. and they're, they're stupid. And there's, there's no, there's the juice ain't worth the squeeze for the expense. Oh. And, uh, um, which speaking of expense, Hey, for those folks who listened the last time and donated money to my campaign, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Every, every little dollar helped and helps and uh, continues to help anyway. So I, I spent, um, so basically July through, uh, through December honing my pitch because you know, you, you come in and you're all full of fire and brimstone and you want to change the world. And you know, you're, you're, you know, by God, I'm, I'm going to go down to Arizona and I'm going to build the wall all by myself or, or, you know, I'm going to fix everything. I'm going to change the world. Well, not so fast there. And um, so you start honing your message. You start uh, improving your public speaking skills because you're not giving a, a, a military or an intelligence briefing. You're, you're talking to real people that have real questions. And some of them aren't, aren't very polite about it. Yeah. And uh, you have to, you know, I, you know, I can't be snarky. I, uh, I, I can't be sarcastic with them. I, you know, cause I don't, there's, there's no three strikes and you're out. There's, one one strike and you're out in, yeah. in on the campaign trail. So it, it's it's um, 
as one, as one, of, as one person said, it's, it's been a, it's been a learning experience. And um, because the thing I noticed quite rapidly in that from June through uh, December is there's a real strong draw to lose yourself. You know, what was the original reason you were running? Why were you running? What, what, what motivated you? You know, and, and as I said, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to change. I didn't, I didn't appreciate the way the incumbent was, was voting and representing the County. Um, maybe I didn't understand the County as well as I thought I did then, but nevertheless, that was my motivation. And I, you know, I'm an America first guy and um, South Dakota first. Um, so, yeah. So, but you kind of, you tend to lose that. Well, you got to modify your position. Yeah. And let me tell you, you get a, a ton of advice. In fact, the unit of measurement, I think, is a butt ton of advice. And it's, it's, it's all free and it's all well-intentioned, but no, it, I'm not going to, because if I start taking everybody's advice, I'm not doing me. Yeah. I was gonna, and, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of similarities in, in my limited experience, but with this podcast in terms of like, don't forget why you started and, you know, it's not just don't, it's not just don't become disillusioned, you know, stare into the abyss or gaze into the abyss and the abyss gazes back. That's definitely part of it. But it's also like when I first started this, people were like, Oh, you, you got to find a, you got to find, you're all over the place. You're interviewing a guy that operates Navy radar and then a sci-fi author and then a female power lifter and then a back and forth. And but you get, you got to find a niche. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to find a niche. I just want to talk to people. Tommy, you swear yeah. too much. I'm like, well, that's how I talk. Do you gotta? You can't take bathroom breaks. My niche breaks. is my curiosity. Yeah, you can't take bathroom breaks. I mean, like, my, your niche is your curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's I, I, I your your niche is you 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 created your own niche. You didn't have to like, okay, gee, look at this. I, I guess I'll be another uh, military intelligence uh, podcaster. And that's what I mean, though. Is, you can't swing a dead cat on the internet without hitting about six of them. So yeah, and the thing is, is like now I am who I am, but there is so much. And I say pressure. It's not. Pre it's people. You know, it's, it's well, yeah. suggesting. It's not like I'm trying to like. It was impossible. No, it wasn't. There's people that told me something. And I said fuck off. But it was, you know, they're like, <laughs> you know, you know, when I first started interviewing like Dale, they're like, you should really become like a Delta Force centric podcast. I'm like, there's only so much there, and there's right. only so much I want to talk about. Like, there's. Sure. You know, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to you about special activities division. I'm going to hit a wall where eventually I want to talk about, I don't know, Chinese trawlers. And are they overfishing in Taiwan or something? You got to bounce around and people exactly. got to do this. And you're not talking on topics. You should have you should have talking points so that people can scroll to the different aspects of the video. You got to have visuals. Stop taking bathroom breaks. You're too verbose. You get jacked up. You start yelling and screaming. You use slurs. You do this. You do that. Why aren't you doing this? You don't have an intro. You don't have an animation. You should have a little jingle that says, you know, welcome to Tommy's pot. And I'm like, I will blow my brains out. If I do that, when I, the first podcast I ever listened to was December, 2011 was Joe Rogan. All I knew was that he was the fear factor guy. Right. And I remember I listened to it because I was like, here's this tatted up dude smoking pot. He's sponsored by some like, uh, I don't know, some like sex toy. And he's just interviewing <laughs> physicists and they talk for three hours. And I was like, this is how yeah, I talk yeah. with my friends. So but yeah. the point is, is and now I can look back over 800 episodes and go, well, I've become my own thing. But no, yeah. there's a lot of pressure to be something else. So I can only imagine that carries over 
into the campaign, into the campaign trail. Well, you know, Rod, you got to do this and Rod, you got to do. Well, then you're not Ron anymore. Then you're exactly. just another faceless suit. Right. Exactly. And, um, and, and, um, uh, you know, re- trying to, and fighting back to remain true to myself. And, uh, and it's, it, you know, and I looked to, you know, I was, I, 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 I don't joke. I, I, I say, you know, Joe Ken is my, is my political spirit animal because <laughs> I mean, he, you know, he is so true to what he says and there's no deviation and no compromise uh, and yeah. no uh, retreat from, from his original positions. And in fact, he's just gotten stronger and more articulate and more laser focused on these things. And, and it's impressive. And so I go, all right. What hey Ron? What lessons can you take from this? Yeah. Let's. I mean, Joe's obviously got he's got national and, and international issues, and he's got a a really idiotic congresswoman that he's he's going to trounce all over the place. But you know, what can we do? So, um, of course, in December, then my the incumbent decides to retire, and and everybody's like, yeah. Well, then um, I I get an opponent who's a sitting county commissioner, at, which is good and bad. It's, um, it's, well, it's, it's good that he, cause he has a record and he's got to defend a record. And, um, unfortunately most people don't know of the record because nobody, nobody really cares. It's the County commission, ah, you know, who cares, but you, you start educating people. They go, he did what he voted for what? Yeah. It's a matter of record. You know, and you have the proof, you got the, the copy of the minutes and things like that. I mean, he's been a county commissioner for six years, so there is a record. And um, and it, it's bad in because now I spend a lot of money to uh, to win. Um, but that's OK. Um, on the positive, you know, but there's a lot of positives. So there's no Democrat running in the primary. So our primary is um, our general election because whoever wins the primary, him or I, I mean, the general election in November is, you know, it's, it's a foregone conclusion because there's, there's no independents that file or anything like that. So unless the winner drops dead or something like that, you, you're guaranteed to win. I mean, yeah. Which is. Oh. You're good. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Ah. Yeah. Just throw it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throw my new cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say no, I, there's a similarity. What I found uh, with Joe Kent, with you, with Anthony Sabatini, and then even wind the clocks back a year to Doctor McCullough, Doctor Malone. What I've found in my limited experience is that the people who are true to who they are are easier to get in touch with because they don't need to worry about, is this gotcha? Is this, this, am I going to, mm-hmm. are they going to bring up that? They'll just come on and tell you. Cause again, it's like the, I think it's Winnie the Pooh. That quote is a, uh, you don't need it. You don't need to remember anything. If you just tell the truth, mm-hmm. I don't need to be anything. I don't need it. Who am I talking to Ron? Okay. Uh, uh, what face do I have to put up? No, I'm just Tommy. I'm going to yell until my face turns red. That's just what I do. It's just what I do. Somewhere in there, continuity of government will come up. I'll start screaming and the guests will look a little uncomfortable. Like that's just what doesn't matter if it's you or Dr. Malone or my next door neighbor. It's just <laughs> what it is. So whether it's Joe Kent having him on my show or talking to you or Dr. You can, you can always tell when you're talking to someone that is for better or worse, they, they are who they are. 
There's no what's the uh, what's the topic of the day? Oh, yeah. it's, no, they're it's, authentic. Yes, correct. That's a much more concise way of That's saying okay. my whole rambling. But uh, <laughs> you can tell one of us was in the CIA. One of us is clear and concise. But that is that is the takeaway. That is the takeaway from Joe Ken. He he. He doesn't give a shit. Well, no, that's not the right word. He does. He, he, he does. He gives, he gives all he gives the great. Shit. That's that's why he's doing what he's doing. I, right. You know, yeah. When when Joe first announced, I mean, we're we're all you know on Twitter and we talked on a on uh, on Zoom sessions and things like that, just kind of you know catching up and and kind of doing um, what we call buddy care. We Zoom for the pandemic just to hang out and once a week and trade war stories and, you know, try to out BS one another, that sort of thing. And, and, and Joe was part of that group. And, and then Joe suddenly kind of went radio silent. And a couple of weeks later, he, you know, Joe, you cut your hair, you shaved your beard, WTF, man, what up? And he says, I'm running for Congress. Whoa. <laughs> you know, that was not on anybody's bingo card, uh, you know, and, and, and his reasoning and his motivations were, were so clear and concise, um, and it was remarkable. And I'm I'm watching this and watching this, and for about three microseconds, I said, "Yeah, I should run for Congress here in South Dakota too." Yeah, but we have one congressman for the entire state. It's a big state, and that guy's got, you know, it, it's that's a mountain just a little too steep to climb from from where i'm at or where i was at that day so you know who knows maybe in a couple of years we'll see i mean you know if i get into the state legislature i can make a name for myself and and increase my my name recognition and and uh that sort of thing so anyway so um my opponent files and uh and it, it's the politics in south dakota especially here in, in in lawrence county are like it's it's always supposed to be um a gentleman-like contest. Everybody's polite and everything like that. I'm going, no, you're the enemy. Yeah. You say you're a Republican, but your votes are all Democrat. Yeah. Or Democrat-like. You know, you're you're not adhering. You you say on your literature, you conservative stewardship of our county finances. You know, a conservative voting record. You know, blah blah blah. All you know, all the all the red meat that Republicans go. And I go, but none of it's true. And um, so, you know, you, 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 you look for, okay, and he's got this and he's got the name recognition because he's a sitting county commissioner. So people have voted for him twice before already. So, okay, I, I get all that. So how do you, you know, you, you're looking for that, that chink in the armor, that, that niche. And um, well, this, this last Saturday we had a, what <laughs> it's a candidate forum. So well, him and I, and uh the three uh, candidates running for the two uh, seats for the state house um, were all up on stage and, and we got asked questions and it's supposed to be just a Q and a type of thing. Well, there's, there's answering the question and then there's answering the question. Cause I was, I was specifically, this is not a debate. Uh-huh. Okay. I got it. You know, Noted. and uh, you know, He's reading and he's articulate and he, oh my God, you know, he's the second coming of Ronald Reagan. It's like, I'm impressed. And he's, you know, talking about, I'm a, I'm a member of this and I'm a member of this organization. And I've been elected to the 
Western Region County Commissioner Association of, you know, whatever's, whatever's, and, you know, all these things that people go, huh, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. And, you know, how, how does that qualify you for the state Senate? But, you know, he's just, and so then it was my turn to, because he went first, and then it was my turn to answer, you know, talking a little bit about your, your, your leadership. Where have you, where have you, you know, tell us about your leadership. And he went through and I go, I looked at him, you know, and I really wasn't looking at him, you know, but I sort of turned in his direction. I said, wow, that's, that's quite a resume. I'm, I'm sure the HR department's really impressed with that. And my wife's going, Oh, don't oh, be a yeah. snark. <laughs> and, but, but people in the audience, cause I was, I was sort of staring into the audience, but I wasn't looking at any particular reaction. They, they started going, Oh my God. And they said his reaction was he got quite red and, you know, thin skinned and things like that. And I said, well, you know, my, my experiences, um, you know, I, I did, uh, I did leadership in wartime in Afghanistan. I was chief of base twice. I, you know, so chief of base is smaller than a chief of station, but you know, Hey, it's still responsible. And I made sure everybody, all the people that I were in, I was in charge of when I was in charge all came home. Yeah. So, you know, and so, Hey, I think leadership under under wartime conditions eh, may 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 trump your, you know, membership and and uh, directorship and all these multi myriad ultra government or you know organizations or whatever that really have no impact except they just get together and eat fancy meals and drink drink a lot of wine or whatever. Um, and I talked about you know I was the chief of of personnel recovery, you know, with global mm -hmm. responsibilities, uh, lots of, lots of money budget, you know, I just said multi-million and, uh, yeah, and, I said, and, you know, locally here, I'm, I'm a member of the local Alliance club, the VFW, the American Legion, you know, and I don't have any leadership positions in them, except I'm the deputy commander of the Legion post, which is a small post. So they were like, yeah, hey, it's Ron's turn. Yeah, we'll we'll pick on him, <laughs> and uh, he knows how to wear the hat. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but it was, yeah. So I go, yeah. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I put my leadership, uh, you know, background and qualifications up against anybody. And then there were we were asked other questions, and um, you know, he, uh, oh, he, and we had a time limit and everything like that. Um, you know, one of the rules, one of the things I learned a long time ago, one of the rules uh, of talking on the radio was say exactly what you need to say and then get off the mic. Don't sit there and keep rambling on, you know, get off the net, dude. And like I'm doing now, I'm not getting off the net. Um, the uh, But so there was a question asked um, about county taxes and you know, property taxes are, the, are are one of the big local issues here in, in the in the Black Hills because all these people have moved to the Black Hills. And so land prices and home prices are just skyrocketing. I mean, so people that, you know, had land for sale forever and couldn't, couldn't unload it for a nickel are suddenly like, Hey, I've got, I got a million dollars in my pocket because I just sold my acreage type thing. And, and of course, housing, you know, construction costs are also skyrocketing. So everybody's like, I got the land. Now I can't afford to, to live here, but whatever. But anyway, so we're talking about property taxes because the way they're assessed and, you know, based on the value of your land. So everything's gone up. The, the valuation of everything's gone up 20 to 40% of, of, uh, of uh, residential structures and things like that. Um, so anyway, so he's talking about this and that, you know, he's, you know, whipping out a lot of statistics and facts and figures and whether they're right or not, I, I really don't care because I'm looking at the audience and their eyes are glazing over. 
They, they don't care either. They just want to know, hey, I'm not paying, you know, a super rise in my property taxes because in about two years, I can't afford to live in my house that mm. I've lived in for some of these people. They're living in the same house they, they grew up in mm. and that their parents you know, grew up in. So they're going like, yeah, no, I can't, you know, and then where am I going to go? type thing. You know, this is where I, this is where I was born and raised. This is where I want to live. So, and, and he talks, and he talked about a, um, a proposal to increase the sales tax here by half a cent, half a percentage point. Um, and uh, <laughs> so he finishes his answer and I, then it's my turn. I go, well, and I sort of turned again. I said, well, what my opponent fails to mention, he sort of glossed it over. And no, he didn't sort of, he did gloss it over is he's in favor of raising our sales tax by half a, half a percent point. Um, yeah, and for the life of me, I just don't understand how a Republican, especially in these times of, of high inflation and rising prices everywhere, can, can be in favor of, of uh, raising taxes. You know, he claims that, well, look at the 3 million tourists that come to Deadwood. You know, that extra money that they spend, all that money will go into our coffers and we'll be able to afford everything. I said, what, buddy? fails to tell you is that there's no special dispensation like, oh, you guys are local residents. You don't have to pay that. Oh, no, we're all going to have to pay that. And I guess he went he went as red as a, a tomato type thing. So I'm like, Woo, hmm. uh, you know, people came up to me afterwards and said, yeah, you, you won that. I mean, you won not the debate, but the forum between him and I. And, uh, and you know, there was other questions that um, he um, he waffled on. Um, and this is all about being true to yourself and being true to who you are. And, and it goes back to why, why are you running? Are, are, are you really a conservative, Ron? Are you really that? Or are you just looking to get into politics and whatever? And, um, there was a question asked about uh, recreational marijuana. Um, it's it's going to be voted on again, probably in November. Who knows? And because um, we voted in medicinal marijuana uh, back in 2020 and it's just now starting to show up it's the state's pretty well slow rolled it which is okay because we want to do it right and smart um and they did have and recreational marijuana did pass but the local or the state supreme court knocked it down because the measure that approved it also approved multiple things in south dakota losses um initiative measures like that can only have one um yeah issue on it they can't have multiple issues so anyways they struck it down uh so all these uh, you know the other candidates for both the state house and, and my opponent go yeah yeah it's gonna it's gonna happen you know i go and it's my turn i said no i don't accept that it's gonna happen in fact i'm gonna do everything i can to fight against it uh, yeah. and many of you have traveled to colorado or other states where recreational marijuana is now legal and and you were there before it was legal and you know you can you can see it you know it's you know, it's 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 anecdotal, but you can see it that the whole character of those states have changed. And Colorado's our our bestest local example of that. There is literally a haze over the state, a lethargy that just won't go away. I says, but let's let's bring it down here locally. So so we're we're having Main Street or or uh, nights on Main Street in Spearfish or or cool Deadwood nights, which is a big. Uh, classic car show which happens after the sturgis rally and or multiple other um, rodeos what other other events i mean the summertime i mean you don't want for entertainment or or things to do here in the black hills and and you're walking around and and you smell 
the sickening scent of pot. And and people are like, oh, this is you know, I said, it's one thing to have medicinal marijuana. You take it in the privacy of your home to, you know, help with your glaucoma, your cancer. And I get all that. Okay. You know, I, but, you know, guys walking around, you know, smoking a cigarette or, or smoking a joint. And you know, I'm like, no, that, I, I said, no, we're, we don't. And I says, but if the voters do decide to do it and every, you know, then you know what, maybe we ought to put a 50% sales tax on it because, and then we, we can lower that we can eliminate the sales tax on groceries because I'd much rather eat than smoke pot. And I think most of us would, and we weren't allowed to applaud, but a couple of people like, yeah, yeah. So, but, and then there was another, what was it? Oh, um, the right to life. They asked the question about the Roe v. Wade leak from the Supreme Court. And um, yeah, we, we got, we, you could really tell who the politicians were up on the stage. And, and then I'm like, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I hope the leak is true and um, everything like, you know, because, you know, I've heard estimates anywhere from 60 to 80 million babies have been, have been killed since Roe v. Wade has been implemented. So that's 60 to 80 million Americans that, we never got to know that weren't able to contribute to our economy. weren't able to contribute to the greatness of our nation. So yeah, you know, you're darn right. I'm a right to life guy. Darn right. You know, life begins at conception and, you know, and uh, there's, there's no hemming and hawing on that. Um, The other candidates all kind of, well, you know, you got to understand. And, and then the final one was a convention of States, which are you, you're aware Um, of Uh, there's, there's a, there's a movement throughout the country to, uh, implement article five convention of states. Um, there's two ways to amend the constitution. You know, Congress passes a constitutional amendment and then they send it to the states for ratification. And then once it reaches the magical number of 34 or whatever, um, it becomes an amendment, a ratified amendment to the constitution. So, you know, the, the equal rights amendment obviously failed. It never, you know, it, it expired. It's, it's, you know, past due date happened type thing. Um, you know, the 25th amendment, those sorts of things, you know, so all these, there's, there's ways to amend the constitution. So, but there's another, the other method is, um, if, um, 30 some odd states, you know, call for a convention of states, it has to happen. It's in the constitution. You know, it's not like the federal government can forbid it or anything like that. Um, so, and the, this, this convention of states um, has, um, it's focused and it's, it's um, not on let's, hey, let's, let's just go take the whole constitution apart and, and re-wicker it, which is what the opposition to it says. So everybody gets scared because that's not what we want. But they want to uh, you know, put in the, the things about um, um, a more balanced budget, um, term limits, and um, one other thing that escapes me and it always does, but, you know, and so that's, that's the, uh, that's the, the, those are the issues that not, none of the other issues want to, will be discussed because if they are, the convention breaks apart because all the state delegations are there charged by the state legislators that have voted them to go attend this and participate on behalf of the state say, you're only allowed to talk about these issues, you know, um, balanced budget and, uh, um, you know, term limits type thing. So, you know, if you start talking about, I don't know, paint the sky blue or green or whatever, it doesn't, you know, well, then you're no longer, you know, the convention breaks apart. So, you know, 
so they uh there's there's um the organizers are trying real hard to keep it focused and when they go around talking to people they they reassure people of this that these are the issues now what the specific amendment will say and look like well that's what you have the constitutional convention for i mean it's not like um you know the drafters of the constitution sort of just walked in and says all right well you know, here's here's the rough copy. Let's all approve it. I mean, they there was a lot of give and take back and forth. I mean, you read the Federalist Papers and you read the history of the Const- Constitutional Convention, you know, in the aftermath of the uh, the, the uh, Articles of Confederation that, you know, after the revolution. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it took some time and, and uh, you know, it's worked. It's worked really well. But you know, we've, we've seen that there's a couple of things that we need to um, tweak because Congress certainly isn't going to tweak themselves in the term limits or uh, um, things like that. So, yeah. So anyways, um, so the other people, they hemmed and hawed, well, you know, if the citizens want it and the citizens do want it and here in South Dakota, anyways, and, and especially in, in our County, because they're, they're damn sick and tired of all the stuff going on. And um, a couple of the other candidates, and I, well, yeah, I'm in favor, but they were kind of um, tepid. Um, not, and when it was, and I was, I got to answer last again. Lucky me! And I go, I'm emphatically in favor. And I was, rah. so you know, people are like, no, okay, you know, there's, there's no daylight here. There's, I'm, you, you know, exactly where I stand. And people are like, yeah, okay. And this goes back to, I know who I am. This is why I'm running, and I'm really comfortable in my own skin. And God, it felt good to express myself instead of bobbing and weaving and, you know, as you go check in the air, you know, which way is the wind blowing, you know, gosh, Ooh, there's, there's Sally in the audience. I don't want to upset her because I know she's in favor of X. Oh, wait, there's bill. And he's in favor of Y. Oh my God. You know, what do I do? You know, well, maybe if I bob and weave and I do that great Olympic slalom course, I can make it through. And no, I'm just like, I don't care if bill and Sally aren't happy. You know what? Because there's a whole bunch of other people that are going, yeah, there's a guy. I may not always agree with him, but by God, I know where he stands and and he's a fighter. And that was the other thing I communicated to them. I'm a fighter. I mean, I know how to work with people, but I'm not going to roll over and play Tickle Me Elmo either. You know, it's like I'm going to fight. So we have another one tomorrow, which <laughs> ought to be a lot of fun. Um, it, it's, it'll be a very liberal audience. And uh, some they've already sent us the questions ahead of time. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? I'm like, <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm just like, okay, fine. You know, whatever. You, ask your question. Go ahead. No, but I'm there is, no, no, it's one day. No one's here to listen to me. They're here to listen to you. <clears throat> the, it does make sense though, because I mean, I, again, I've found that in the podcast is like very early on, you kind of had to make the decision of like, am I going to bob and weave? Or am I just going to be who I am? Because you cannot, you absolutely cannot get 100% of people's approval 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, and the, the flawed thinking is, okay, well, you just got to make sure you get the majority of people's approval. No, very simply being yourself, even people that disagree with you will at least respect the fact that they know who you are. They'd be like, right. I don't like him. He's a piece of shit. But I mean, at least, at least he's honest. Like, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's like, a, it's like, you know who he is. Like that guy's a total pig, but I know he's a pig. He's, yeah. he's not that, putting on the sheep's clothing. 
And, and that's exactly what Joe, I mean, not that Joe's a pig, but that's exactly what Joe can't. Joe can't <laughs> there, is, there is absolutely Joe's zero Joe's going to watch this and rescind his endorsement of you. No, he won't. Like, no, no, he won't. You no, guys no. call me a pig. We're like, I that's why Joe's, oink, oink, my good Kent, sir. Like, yeah, no, it's, no, I guess. Joe, Joe's not a pig. But yeah. that's exactly, I mean, Joe is, I mean, you look, you look at his, some of the videos he posted. I, I mean, Joe tells it like it is. And people respond to that. And that, and like I said, that's, he's my spirit animal and that's, he's, he's my inspiration for that. And you know, so, yeah, I'm going like, I can dig this, you know, I, and that's, and you know, there's, there's a certain, I don't know, it's going to sound really weird, but there's a calmness that comes over you when you're, when you're really true to who you you're are. Authentic. Exactly. It's total, it's total and, peace. Yeah. And you, I mean, I can still believe me I, in one-on-one -on -one conversation. I listen to people, I'll be polite and I'll go, well, yeah. And I'm, I won't, you know, I won't commit to anything because I really don't want to get punched in the nose, but you know, I go, yeah, well, I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, type thing and, or something, I'll just like, uh-huh. Okay. Hey, look, gee, gotta, gotta go. I gotta get a haircut or something, yeah. you know, and, yeah. but, yeah, but yeah. So anyways, um, so local politics here, uh, interesting. Um, the um, so we have the uh, you know the normal Republican Party structure. You know you got a state party and and things. Like every county has its own party chair, and um, so we have all that. And you know you participate, and you, you know you 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 your mic cut out. I can't hear you. I'll monologue. Mr. Moeller's microphone cut out. I can't hear him. Um, well, I can just pause recording real quick. Uh, we have a we have a shadow government. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but we have we have what I I call euphemistically a a shadow uh, government or shadow Republican Party structure here in the county. I was going to say, but, do you know how perfectly that fit in? Because I paused recording, and as soon as I you're like, Tommy, there's a shadow government. <laughs> Tommy, there's yeah. a shadow government on the far side of the moon. That... <laughs> yeah. 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 Fort Meade's blocking in. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, so, you know, and it's, it's the good old boys. It's the people who used to be in power and still want to determine who, who gets elected to office. And, and people see that though, but they didn't know, they didn't know how to articulate that because they see the, it's the same old candidates just well let's see last week i ran for dog catcher this week i'll run for you know ice cream vendor or whatever you know and they they just it's the same personalities it's the same people they just run for different jobs and and then some of them just they they'll sit back in the shadows and they'll go yeah i think this week or this month or this election season we'll we'll pick we'll pick tommy tommy tommy's our guy and um Oh wait, Ron's running. Nah, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to. If we can't discourage him, we'll 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 trash him. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, so we'll see. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because people people respond well to uh, the truth, and because they already know it. Yeah. I mean, they can they can sense it. They especially the people that have lived here a long time. They go, why is it? Why is it this? I said, well, I'm not one of them. I mean, I'm fighting, I'm fighting for you guys. I'm fighting for y'all, you know? And, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been tough. And, um, you know, people, well, how's, how's the, how's the race going? I go, well, it's not like I hired Gallup to do a poll or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, it, it, you know, you, you get a sense that, well, I don't know. I mean, some people tell me I'm going to, I'm going to have the, the floor is going to get waxed with my, my behind. And other people say it's a toss up. And other people say, you know, people are really tired of this and you're going to win. So I'm like, mm, I'm, I, I take all that. And I go, I think I'll just keep working hard until election day and exactly. And uh, do my best. It's the piece that it, it is the piece that comes over when you just decide to be who you are, because it's like peace in more ways than one. Uh, one, you're not you're not at at odds with yourself. You're not trying to bob and weave. You're right. Not trying to remember what face you have to wear. And then it's also you go, you go, oh, and if they don't like it, then that's not what the people wanted. And then that's cool because I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to be a leader that everybody hates. And now I'd be a ruler. I don't want a part of that. So there's this like, it's just all like, be yourself. If the guy and the girl Mm -hmm. don't get along, they just go, oh, we wouldn't even be happy together. Cool. Thank God we are ourselves. Otherwise, it all comes to it all. It all clashes. So there is like a there is a total piece. Like I was practicing. I was taking practice tests for the MCAT, the Medical College Admissions Test. For like nine months before I took it in summer 2013. And I was, I'd been, I, you know, I've been prepping to get into medical school for four years. That's all I did. That was my life and soul. And wow. it's just, it's all I did. And I practiced and I studied and I did research and I, I was shadowing doctors and volunteering at hospitals and getting letters of recommendation and extracurriculars and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of started to realize in like the last six months of college that I didn't think I wanted to be a physician. And once I finally like wrestled with that and came to peace with that, I came to peace with it like a week before I took the MCAT and (laughs) I had never scored higher on like practice tests than like the 60th percentile, which is enough to maybe scrape into like a bottom tier school. (laughs) Once I had come to terms with like, I'm not sure I want to do this. It wasn't just because normally you go into tests, you're like, all right, just relax and do your best. But you can't relax because the fact that you're saying to yourself you have to relax means you're not relaxed. (laughs) When I actually went into the final, the real test and was genuinely like, I don't care. I just, I don't care. Like, I'm not sure I want to do this. I scored in the 95.6 percentile nationally because I didn't. And the funny thing is, is I got in and I turned down the acceptance because I decided I don't want to go. But like, it was total peace. And when you, you came go. to complete, just being completely authentic, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if I got in or didn't get in. I didn't care. And I did get in. And I was like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. But there is peace in it. And you, you do better than you ever could fake by just being authentic. And it's, it is. It's total it's total peace with yourself. It starts as like, yeah, you start running for office and it turns into like an existential, like evolution. You're like, Oh, I, you're like, I don't give a shit about this. You're like, I'm okay. And then ironically enough, it's when you hit those moments of, I don't care that all of a sudden all the doors open and you're like, well, this is just a cosmic joke, but yeah. So, no, well, I mean, I, I, I care, but I yes. don't, I mean, like, I won't, I, I'll be, I'll be sad. I mean, like, gosh, I, you know, I, I, I would have liked to have won, but um, the people spoke, I guess I didn't do a good enough job. I didn't work hard enough, whatever, but Hey, say la vie and life goes on. And um, you know, whatever, but yeah, it's, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, but people also sense, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not, um, I'm not overcompensating by running and I'm, you know, I, I'm not the politician in, in the race. I'm as people, you know, go, are you another one of them politicians? I go, no, I want to be a public servant. I, I, you know, you want to, you want a politician? Go, 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 go hang out with my opponent. Cause he's the pro typical politician, you know, slapping backs, shaking hands. I mean, I can do all that too, but um, yeah, I mean, and, and people expect a little of that, but they, uh, but then also the, uh, you know, it's just, there's, there's a certain attitude, the way you present yourself and the way you talk to people. And, um, and you just, you're honest with people. You look them in the eye and, and uh, you, you give them your full attention type thing. And that's, it's important. Um, you listen to people and it's people respond to that instead of just walking in the room and shaking hands, slapping a few backs. Yeah. Hey, you know, good to see you. What's my name again. And uh, yeah, I just, so it's, um, it's tough, but I'll tell you this, one of the, a couple of things, um, my opponent, um, and if he listens to this good on him, uh, is he's never had a real race before. So he's working hard and, um, good for him. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So I think, uh, got, got two and a half weeks. This is, and this is, this is Tommy talking, not, not, not Ron Moeller or Joe Kent, man. If I were running for office, I would just put out like a, it wouldn't be like slander. It would just be kind of like a very open statement. I'd be like, I've never visited Epstein's Island and just kind of leave it open-ended. Even if I know damn well, my opponent hasn't either. I'll just, I'll make that. I'll just make that statement. I'll be like, I'm personally against it. Well, he, him and I are, uh, um, I think we're, we're within a year of, of each other in age. And, uh, I think the Geneva conventions are good. I, you know, I don't know about my opponent. Just if you're really, just really open-ended, really take, well, a, take a page out of Trump's book. Just really well, like, I well, like puppets. In, in a way, in a way I do. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, uh, cause you know, people like to say, well, you know, I've lived here all my life and I go, well, for the last 38 years, I serve our country yeah. and I, I spent a lot of time overseas, you know, fighting against, you know, enemies of our, of our country. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that some of you were here for, from, from the beginning to the end, but my country called and I answered. Yeah. And so in a way that's the Epstein Island. thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. you know, he, you know, he, he's never served and um, he's not a veteran. He doesn't understand. I mean, he mouths the words, but he doesn't understand. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, and, oh, and he doesn't have college. So oh, one of the other questions was uh, about, uh, Black Hill State University, which is the local big school here in Lawrence County. It's one of seven uh, state-run schools in South Dakota universities. Um, and everybody's like, yeah, 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 I support Black Hill State. I support Black Hill State. So it comes, it comes to the point, you know, when you're number five answering the thing, well, gee, you know, how can I say the same thing but differently? So, well, the good thing is, is Black Hill State has a great program at Ellsworth Air Force Base, which is like 60 miles down the road, um, uh, they, they've opened up an uh, extension courses for the airmen and the officers to either earn a master's or a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree, depending on what. Um, so they can, they can improve themselves and make themselves more marketable when they get out 
or they can improve, you know, their promotion chances in while they're in the service, which is, so I, I said, Hey, you know, I really like Black Hills State University because they have this program out at Ellsworth Air Force Base and they're investing in our future. Cause as we all know, Ellsworth is going to be the, the home of the new B-21 bomber, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, and this is a great program. And I know this firsthand because this is how I earned all four of my college degrees. My opponent doesn't have a single college degree. So I, I was able to, let's see, I support Black Hill State. They're, they're, they're thinking out of the box. They have a great program. And, oh, yeah, I, I know about these programs because I, I, I got degrees through them, too. Ta-da. So I was able to wrap a whole bunch. Yeah, it was like, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, I didn't have to sleep on the couch. Nobody, nobody said, oh, you were too snarky. You were too mean. But uh, even the local reporter that was there said, yeah, you really, uh, you, you hit a few home runs. So I'm like, even though it wasn't a debate, it seemed to, uh, you know, go pretty well. I mean, one of the, uh, one of the candidates running for state, state house, um, she had all her answers already pre-scripted. Whether she got the questions ahead of time or not, we don't know. I don't care. I mean, we all kind of knew like, the, okay, we're probably going to talk about the second man. We're probably going to talk about this. We're probably gonna... So you kind of can, you can arrive at the 90% solution on the questions that are going to be asked. But she literally had the piece of paper and she's reading the paper of the answer. And I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not how you do it. You're supposed to answer on the cuff, on the fly. Think, think, think on your feet. It's, you know, <clears throat> the comedian Tim Dillon had a great point about he's like, he was talking about how like he didn't even support Trump, but he was like, I remember like watching him on TV in 2016 and I knew he was going to win because he's like, by the sheer fact that it was different, you know, you'd ask Hillary Clinton a question he goes, and it sounded like it was just the Pentagon talking. It was like, we're going to die that. And Trump would go on there and be like, listen, Hillary's an ugly pig. She smells like shit. We all know this. Women love me. And people were like, what is this? And it's, again, is just being <laughs> authentic. Maybe you're authentically right. Trump. Maybe you're authentically Ron. Maybe you're authentically Joe Kent. But there is something that shakes people out of the slumber of just you know, you see the same thing every day. Like every day I'll take right. the same route to the gym and I see the same geese and the same people watching walking dogs. If I saw somebody in like, if I saw somebody like, I don't know, walking a chicken around wearing a dress, something would just, it would shake me. I would, even if I didn't like it, I would go, I would always remember that day as opposed to everything else that's the same. So when you kind of just break out when people are like, well, I have a three point solution to do this. And you're like, no, fuck that. Yeah. People, people wake up to it. They're warm to it. They, they, they thaw out. Well, I remember, you know, watching Trump do the escalator thing down. And, and <laughs> when he announced his candidacy and he starts talking and I turned to Gobby, my wife, and I go, oh, my effing Lord. He's talking like I would talk to somebody or I would, I would hear somebody at a bar stool at a VFW or a local bar. I, I mean, my God, this guy is, he's, he's talking well, he's like talking about like person. us. He's talking about, yeah, like, oh, I don't know, the and, average person. And he's relating to all of us because that's all, because, well, you can't say that because that's that's not how we talk in polite society. Oh, hell yeah, we talk like that. that. polite society. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, you, you don't have to use swear words or I anything know. like that. I mean, but, but, but he's saying, he's saying those, those, you know, he was talking about those uncomfortable things that yeah. people go like, 
yeah, that's exactly what what I how I feel. That's ex- yeah, and, and and so shortly thereafter, my wife and I um, went full time RVing for a, a short bit, um, right during the election season. Whew. Um, and we we traveled um, pretty much everywhere except the Northeast because we didn't want to go anywhere near DC. Um, but we did a little bit of the South and mostly west of the Mississippi and west of the Rockies. Um, and everywhere we went, Trump signs or Hillary, Hillary for jail signs, um, even, you know, and the pickups with the big American flags flying from, you know, the, the back of their, their beds, um, everywhere we went. And I'm talking to uh, my, my former colleagues and former friends uh, back in D.C. who were like, oh, Hillary's got this. Oh, my God. You know, she's going to win by a, a gazillion percent. And da, 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 da. I go, yeah, I just don't see it, guys. I mean, we only seen three Hillary signs um, on all our travels. And, and um, they were all in the greater Seattle area when we went and visited friends in Bellingham. And we had to sort of try to get around Seattle and you know, it was like, that's, that's it. I mean, I didn't see, even in Washington state up around, you saw a lot of Trump signs and, and not just little signs, but the big signs. And, the, and you go, uh, you know, you go to campgrounds and people start talking and there, there was a groundswell for Trump. And I'm going like, yeah, this, this is going to happen. And I'm telling this to my friends, you know, back in DC and they're like, no, it's not, no, it's not. Says, You're not seeing what I'm seeing or feeling or hearing but because <laughs> we were so nervous we uh election night we uh we camped in canyon lands national park where there was absolutely no cell phone coverage whatsoever so our hotspot was totally worthless and we promised we wouldn't turn on the satellite radio the xm radio the serious xm radio sorry i'm about to sneeze and go. uh so yeah, I don't want to sh- shower the screen and have oh, you duck. Uh, no, but you're you're, you're good. You're yeah. good. But anyway, so yeah, it was uh, and and we we went to bed, but we were nervous, tossing and turning, and everything like that. Got up the next morning, having coffee, and I says, "F it, you know, I just I got to." So I r- ran to the front of the truck and and uh, turned on turned on you know Fox News, and I started I started doing rebel yells and woohoo, <laughs> and and Gobby's going. What? What? I says we won, <laughs> and and it's like, oh, and it was just remarkable, and, I, and we were so happy. I remember, uh, I think the first time I because during the twenty sixteen election was like probably like the lowest point of my life. It, it was like two years after my my brother took his life. I was oh. in like the I was I was facing pretty terrible suicidal ideation. And really, my life had gone off the rails. I was doing a bunch of drugs. I had moved home with my parents at age 26. Like, was not in a good spot. So I didn't care at all. And but I remember visiting like my aunt's house in New Jersey, and my cousin was there. He's a couple years younger than me, and he's like, she kind of said as a joke, he's like, "Have you checked out Donald Trump?" And I was like, "Nah, you know, he's supposed to be like a Nazi or something." And he was like, <laughs> "Oh, he goes, I just think it's funny. I don't even care." And I was like, "Show me." It was a video, and it's someone going, "Mr. Trump." You have stated, uh, you have stated that you are not ruling out using nuclear weapons in Europe. What do you say about that? And he goes, "Well, why do we have them if we're not going to use them?" And it was just the idea of like someone <laughs> saying, "Like maybe we do use them." And that just yeah. like I, I laughed so hard that I couldn't stop watching. And I so I just kept watching over the next like 
this was August 2016. So over the next two months, I was just watching just because I was like, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And it was, yeah, no, I remember like walking downstairs and like seeing you one on TV. And I was like, no way, no way. And then I also remember watching him win in 2020 and watching the state start to reverse counting and go in the opposite direction at 4 a.m. Funny how that happened. But not funny. Yeah, I know. It's it's look where we are now. Exactly. I mean, listen, that was a that was a, you know, 19 in 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 this was a that was a it was a ballot coup. It was a covid coup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do think that. I do think that there is like one kind of unique possibility. One, I don't think you could one I don't necessarily think you can use it the same attack twice. Right? <laughs> my dog's attacking yeah yeah, no i know i figured no no (laughs) it happens all the time i guess um you know it's like it's like 9-11 like like there can be there can be terrorist attacks again but there can't be a 9-11 you can never use a box cutter to get into a cockpit again like that that method's over right you can still do terrorist attacks but that one's been buttoned up i'm not saying they won't go for it but I mean, you use the COVID, you use the riots, you use the orange man bad. You use the mail-in ballots. Oh, there's a water main break. It all froze. I mean, you can you can use that attack once. I don't. I that I, I do think they're gonna try something in 2024. But my I have one. I have like one silver bullet. I think might work or it might even act as a deterrent. It'd be if Elon does go through and buy Twitter and he's talked about using like blockchain verification so there can be no bots. If he did a blockchain exit poll on Twitter, you couldn't... Now, if it's off by a couple of percentage points, you could say there's a maybe a flaw in the in the polling. But I mean, if like he put out like a blockchain exit poll or even just mm-hmm. he put out, you know, if he just pinned a, if he pinned a poll, who'd you vote for Trump Biden? And it's not that maybe Biden gets 79 million and Twitter says he only got 78. If it says Biden got 81 on, on TV, but on Twitter, it says he got 25 and it says Trump got 79. And on Twitter, it says Trump got 110. Now, what would that do? Would that throw the states and would that throw us into a revolution? I hope not. Would it cause some sort of not uh, certifying the vote? I don't know. I think maybe the move would be you you do it beforehand in hopes of using it as a deterrent. But I don't because everything we talked about during this podcast, being authentic, doing this, the people are not, the science here, we got blah, 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 talking like the average Joe, none of it matters. If they, I mean, it's like a Rubik's cube. It's hard, but given enough time, you can figure it out. A despotic, a despotic regime can eventually figure out a way to usurp even the mighty United States. And mm-hmm. you can't attack it from the shores. You can't attack it from the skies. But you could use a bioweapon and media censorship and ballots. It's it respect your enemy. Really, an attack. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, they can do it oh. again. To me, and this isn't really a question because I don't know how you'd have the answer, but. Man, if this if it's not if it's not if it's not an honest election, none of this matters. No donations matter, no interviews matter, 
no Twitter followers matter, no mm-hmm. endorsements, no Joe Kent stump speeches. None of it matters. And that's my that's my fear. You can't fight an election integrity with an M1 Abrams. You can't beat it up. You can't fight it like America likes to you can't firebomb Tokyo. Or no, and we we can firebomb Tokyo. You can't do yeah. that to 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 ballots. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if there's really a question in there, but yeah. no, it but you know, you were saying, you know, if 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 there's even a, a whiff of scandal in, in even this coming up twenty twenty two election, um the the people aren't gonna put up with it. They're they're gonna you know, they're gonna hold the politicians accountable. The you know the the Kevin McCarthy's and who excuse stuff and and it's it's not business as usual and the uh, the unfortunate thing is they're not aware of this they're they're still thinking it's still you know just the way we're always going to do business i mean you got you got Sabatini you got Joe Kent coming up i mean you got people that are going to come in there and they're going to they're going to really shake the place up i mean they better otherwise gosh you know that it really then people really will lose heart um and i don't and and i don't i i don't think that joe or or anthony would would do that for anything but there's there's enough people now that you know like the the andrew mccarthy's and the uh the mitch mcconnell's um they're you know yeah guys you know you you can think that when all these freshmen show up and they're all like oh we're gonna do this yeah we're we're going to be able to put them in the box and, you know, you guys don't understand. I mean, even here locally, I've already had that, that conversation with a, a sitting state Senator who uh, kind of came up to me. And he, he's a short guy and he kind of reaches up, puts his arm around me. He says, so uh, when you get to the state Senate there in January, you know, who, you know, who's going to kind of show you around the ropes and who's going to, you know, take you around and show you the, how things, how things work. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm I'm guessing my, you're offering, but my my eyes and ears and working feet. Yeah, so I was just like, well, thanks. Um, you know, let's take it one step at a time. Can I win? Can I win my primary first? And and things, you know, I'm kind of putting them off, going like, yeah, dude, don't don't worry about it. I I think I can I can I can make alliances and uh, figure this out on my own. But yeah. and if I fail, well, then I fail because I'm you know I'm too independent and too uh, forthright and too authentic. Yes, it's it's again, it's Tommy, you really got to edit it like this. And, you know, I've been looking at some other podcasts and you really want to. I don't I, I I would rather be burned alive than have an intro with an animation. And welcome to Tommy's podcast. We're coming at you live with Mr. Ron Muller running for office. How about that? Politics? <laughs> oh, my God. Feed me to alligators. Well, we, I, I, I've been on a couple of podcasts that have that, and it's whatever. You I know, mean, it's they're not every bad every people. every host has. Yeah, I just I got it. No, it's you know I appreciate you just jump right into it. It's none of that you know like you know patty cake, patty cake stuff. Let's let's just jump right into yeah, it. And, let's jump right into to continuity of government <laughs> and the austerity of of nuclear war. It's really shake them up. That's how you would just shake them up. Okay, we have Mr. Ron Moeller here. Now, if you were hit with two 50-megaton, three-stage thermonuclear cobalt-salted warheads, what chances do I have? People, it wakes you up. They go, wait, what? You guys aren't talking about critical race theory? I'm like, when when the warhead is shielded by tungsten and it's coming in at Mach 23, what could I as an American do to make a difference? Like, 
Well, you can th- at least start singing the Star Spangled Banner and maybe that, get say, the- say a prayer, and I don't know, maybe you'll finish the sign of the cross before you're yep. vaporized into a cloud of ions. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> gosh, you know. But that you know, all, all kidding aside, I, I mean, think. the way the way this regime is 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 sleepwalking us into war. <laughs> That I mean, you know, all you know. I mean, yeah, we joke about, it, but it bothers me because they, I mean, like after a while, you 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 know, okay, so the the bully on the beach, Russia, you know, oh gee, you know, Ukraine fought them to a standstill. So let's let's not go to many more though. Let's just like you let know, let's, let's yeah, let let it let it die out. Let's figure out. But now you got these people in in these European prime ministers what was it latvian prime minister going you know like no 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 we can't negotiate with the russians we need to we need they need to feel the pain they they need to learn how to lose I'm going like uh, yeah i mean that's I'm going like sure latvia you hide behind article you know five of the nato charter and uh like as soon as russia comes rolling across your indefensible borders um yeah yeah hey uh hey united states come come help yeah. Like, yeah. No, I'm sorry. You know, you, you stop bearding the lion. Stop, stop kicking sand at the bully. Yeah. Um, no, it, it ain't, it ain't worth it. And, and what bothers me is that the people I'm switching subjects here totally is that the regime and the, the regime in Washington, I don't call it the administration because they're a regime is um, they think oh, this is, this will be an easy war. Gosh, look at how the Russians did against the Ukrainians and we're the United States. By God, we got the U.S. Army. We got the 82nd Airborne. We got the U.S. Marine Corps. By God, we can we can do it all. Um, and, you know, if the Russians even try anything, uh, we'll be in Moscow by Christmas type thing. And I'm going like, hey, uh, aren't you the same group of people that couldn't even do a, a, a competent neo out of Kabul and, I know. and, and or, uh, you know, uh, and uh, figure out who was who you were drone striking. Uh, oh, it was a terrorist. No, wait, it was an aid aid worker and his family. Oops. But we're expected to believe you guys are, are going to lead us to victory over over Russia. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, you guys all needed to be fired, you know, months ago, years ago. You can't provide literal baby formula. But we're well, going to yeah. take them on, and it's not that I don't think it's incompetence. I think it's engineered. It's I it's think. deliberate. It's deli- are you, you know, exactly. It's 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 deliberate. I mean, um, you know, our congressman here in South Dakota, he voted for the forty billion dollar aid package to Ukraine, and uh, he got up uh, Saturday. I attended a Republican function, and he gave a Republican red meat speech. You know, you know, we're Republicans. We're going to do this. We're going to do that when we take back the House. You're not going to do anything because you you don't know how to govern. You're you're afraid of your own shadow. Um, you you voted against Trump's border wall. You voted against his uh, um, what was it Article 230 in the in the authorization uh, National Defense Authorization Act to rein in tech tech companies. Section 230. Yeah. Uh, Section 230. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. And he voted for the Ukraine aid package. And, you know, but he, he claims I'm a conservative Republican. I'm looking out for you. Well, so he's wandering around afterwards. The After the speeches, people are hobnobbing and what all. And uh, he doesn't want to talk to me because I've held I've held his feet to the fire on Ukraine and a few other things. And he he don't like talking to Ron because because yeah. Ron makes him look like an idiot. 
but it's not, it's not a long journey for him. So, um, but he's talking to a constituent and a constituent's asking him, so explain to me why you voted for, for, for uh, the 40 billion for Ukraine. And he does that Bill Clinton thing with the the fist. I I know. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, you just don't understand. Now I'm not a politician, but I know that you don't win any votes by telling a, a voter that you don't understand. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not how you start the conversation. You just don't understand. I'm going like, in other words, you really don't understand because you don't know, you wouldn't know international affairs if it jumped up and bit you. And, um, and I'm sorry to say both our U S senators voted for the package in the Senate too. And, and it's just a shame because I don't think they've really thought through everybody's reacting emotionally to, you know, we got to support Ukraine. Oh my God. If we don't, we're, 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 we're Putin stooges. Like, no, you're, you're looking out for your country and how come you guys can't vote any money for the border wall? Oh, wait, we've abandoned that. Um, gosh, we're getting rid of, rid of section 42 or, or whatever it is, or, you know, yeah. when, when, when my, the wife and I, we were full-time RV, we went down to Texas, beautiful state, gorgeous state, gorgeous state parks, gorgeous, um, National monuments and, and national parks. Big Bend National Park is gorgeous. Um, there's a couple of national monuments um, of old frontier forts. You know, they don't look like the John Wayne forts or anything like that, but you learn a lot about Americana and about American history and westward expansion and things like that. You know, for the history guy, you know, in me, it was great. Well, we're at this one state park and we're just an hour north of Ju- uh, Judge Roy, Roy Bean, you know, the, uh, you know, from the Paul Newman movie and things like that, you know, way down there near the Rio Grande, you know, Hey, let's go down and see that. That'd be kind of cool. You know, just, you know, check it off the bucket list, which is the ever changing bucket list. And, um, there was a, a, a Texas state trooper there and he goes, Oh, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there. You, you might not make it back. That's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of illegals running around there and they got guns and they will rob you and they will kill you. And there's been a lot of reporting. It's not well publicized of older couples in their RVs that just disappear. They fall off the grid, never to be heard from again. No bodies ever found. RVs disappeared. You know, what? You know, it's like, because they're just out tooling our country, but they, they, they stumble into an invasion of you know, bad people. And, and so I just, you know, I'm going like, okay, well, I guess we're not going to go there, you know, cause I'm not going to endanger my wife. And, you know, I, I, you know, I've only got two Glocks and only, you know, six magazines between the two of them. So, you know, what is that, you know, 90, 90 rounds. So, you know, and, you know, if I run into a couple of Caballeros with, uh, you know, from the cartel with AKs or, or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I'm seriously outgunned and, you know, I didn't, I didn't survive 12 tours in, Pac- in Af- Afghanistan to, uh, you know, get shot at by invaders in my own country yeah. because my country doesn't want to protect itself. You know, we're willing to protect Ukrainians' borders, Ukraine's borders, Europe's, Western Europe's borders, Eastern Europe's borders, but our own border, yeah. you know, eh, that's, that's not important. Yeah. Forget that. You know, national sovereignty, yeah, that's, that's an outdated concept. Yeah. we're the world's policemen except in our own house yeah so yeah. sorry i went off on a no rant. no 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 that's that's what people want we'll we'll put 
Elon Musk Starlink over Ukraine. We won't let the Russians throttle the internet access. What about if you want to talk about COVID early treatment? Shut up. Kick them off YouTube. Yeah, there you go. But again, I think for me, the I always make sure to make a point of it is you're right. This isn't incompetence. It's very easy to say it's incompetence. Oh, they're dummies. They're stupid. No, 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 no. What they are doing is a brilliantly executed demolition, demolition of a nation whose military forces are too powerful to take on head on. That's what they're doing. Right. Inflation well, through through no border security, through laundering money through Ukraine to goading Russia into a war through censorship. They don't. This is intentional. This is intentional. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to put on my, my Alex Jones tinfoil hat for a second here. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we got, we got the Slavic Civil War, Russia, Russia, Ukraine, and, and we're all, we've been all goaded. The, the European Union, NATO, the United States, we're all, you know, expend, we're, I mean, we're sending military supplies, arms. We're, we're, we're depleting our own war stocks. You know, taking our Stinger inventory and our Javelin inventory and, and artillery pieces from the war stocks that would be used to help plus up our forces as we mobilize to go fight uh, a near peer uh, uh, war somewhere. Um, so we're doing all this. We're 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 weakening ourselves. Um, you know, we're, we've reduced the strategic petroleum reserve to the lowest point in since the beginning. You know. Uh, that we had this thing. And oh, by the way, most of that oil, it went to Europe. Um, but anyway, so we're doing all that. And I'm going, I'm looking around going, I'm, I'm reading this. I'm kind of taking a step back. I'm going, wow. So we're weakening ourselves. Europe's weakening ourselves. Russia's weakening itself. You know, in Ukraine's kind of the, the staked out goat in the middle of the jungle and the, and the lions are all going to fight over it. Um, and who benefits? Who benefits? Yep, exactly. You know, and hey, you know, if we just wait a little while longer, the U.S. will be so incapable or they won't have the capacity to reinforce Taiwan, supply it with needed weapons. You, know, you can just like, hey, here we are. And bada bing, bada boom. And, you know, which is why, you know, you hear reporting that Japan and South Korea are going, hey, you know, maybe we ought to get nuclear weapons, too. Yeah, we yeah. need to protect ourselves, and yeah, it's. I mean, weakness has, you know, consequences. Yeah, this and is, this unrestricted warfare, stealth war by Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, hundred year mm-hmm. marathon by Michael Pillsbury. This is a thing. This is oh, it's a conspiracy. No, it's called a it's, it's called a brilliant attack. Is what it yep. is. It's, it is Muhammad Ali taking on a. Uh, who's his face? Foreman, right? Rope dope. Is that correct? Or is oh, that... I thought it was. I thought it was Frazier, Sorry, but Frazier, Frazier, you're right. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Rope, it's using what you got. It's using right. what you have. They're doing it, and they're doing it really, really well. They are. And my, I guess, my question then comes in, and maybe it's, maybe this this line of reasoning is why we're in this problem in the first place because it's looking to a savior, but. If I can see this, I mean, is is the U.S. military and the U.S. intelligence community, I mean, are they complicit or are they watching this too? Well, it depends on what level you're talking about. 
I mean, the higher up, the guys that planned for continuity of government, they're complicit. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, that's what it is. It's the only way it's possible, because if they if they solve for every other attack except this one and Mm -hmm. it's just sorry as much as my ego would like to say it i don't think that i'm a genius that figured this out i think this has been mapped out in the cold war and the reason why the fire alarm isn't going off isn't because it's a special fire it's because someone snipped the power lines right took out the battery and they took out the batteries out of the smoke detector yep all the above my my first my first running with the the uh, politicization of the military was um gosh when was it um, early nineties. Um, I was, um, assigned to the fledgling defense human service, which is still, and now it's just defense human because DHS took the acronym. So, and a, um, a one star came over from the white house, national security council. And he was, a, I mean, he was, he was there on behalf of Hillary Clinton. He was a big Hillary supporter and he never let anybody forget how he, him and he, Bill and Hillary were all like really tight. But he's like he's in there, and so what Defense Human Service was back then. Um, General Clapper, when he was director of DIA, <clears throat> he uh, he he got rid of the service strategic human capabilities. The Army had a very robust, very capable strategic human uh, capacity to support the U.S. Army um, because the agency um, couldn't because they were interested more in political intelligence, not so much military intelligence. So the army has always had that program or used to have the air force, uh, the Marines and the Navy had to lesser degrees had programs similar to that. We all got trained at the farm and things like that. So it was all, you know, we all had the same training. We just, you know, some of us had CIA on our business card and some of us had us army and what all. Um, But anyway, so all that went away and we all got, kludge together at clarendon virginia above the clarendon metro stop um in defense human service and and he came in to make sure that we were totally uh emasculated um because also got merged in with us was the defense attache system the overt collectors and that's all he focused on was that because that's you know you know gentlemen don't read other gentlemen's mail type of thing and um, we basically, for almost two years, uh, all those military case officers and operators, operations were totally shut down. Um, sources dried up. They weren't met, so they just went away. They go, oh, you know, Ron's never coming to see me again. So, you know, hey, I'll go off and do my own thing, you know, and, you know, destroy my clandestine communication if I had one. And, yeah. and you know, it's I don't even know that they've ever recovered. I mean, you know, cause I, I got recruited into the agency shortly thereafter. And it was, you know, when I met these guys in, in Afghanistan, of course, you know, they, they puff out their chest and they're, they're talking about, but what they ended up doing is they're more tactical collectors. You know, they're not at the strategic level anymore. So they were, you know, yeah. So we, uh, but, so I saw that, you know, that this, this general, he, you know, he came over and he made sure he carried out an agenda to destroy that, that little niche, that, that capability that we had. And, um, you know, when I, when I, I was director Panetta's uh, liaison to the PAC Afghan cell for the, the chairman, uh, in, what was it? 2011, 2012. Um, it, it, remarkable. I mean, just the, the, um, 
the 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 politicization of the generals and admirals and and the colonels who wanted to be generals and admirals and navy captains was it was astounding i you know i you know, I, I'm I'm looking around for you know. Please, can I? Is is there a war fighter? Can I? Can I? You know, you know. Can, can I? You know. Can I? Can I get an amen? Can I get a war fighter, please? Type of thing, and yeah, didn't didn't see many. I I think I saw him out of all of them, one, and uh, he's still serving to this day, and uh, I have a lot of respect for him. But you know, I wonder. I haven't talked to him in a few years. I wonder how much he's had to. Uh, sub, you know, suppress some of his um, stronger opinions about stuff in order to get promoted and to get the the commands that he 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 has and things like that. So, yeah. So you to answer your question, you know, yeah, I th- I think somewhere in the, at the junior at the junior level, yeah, you know, the people like yeah 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 we see it, but as they you know like hey uh, young lieutenant captain you want to get promoted, better better toe the line. Oh yes sir I will. Hey, young sergeant, you wanna you wanna get promoted to sergeant major? Better toe the line, okay? Because if you don't, well, gee, you know, we're gonna make life difficult for you, and off you go. So, so then, who? How how did it? What was its genesis then? At the highest levels, I mean, would it would it have, have been put in place by? Joint Chiefs. I mean, this seems like something that's oh, it, been it, decades it's, it's, in the making. Is it's it just you know, it, or was it just the natural concentration of power? And America is no more immune to it than China or ancient Egypt. Correct, exactly that. I I believe. Um, you know, there's a story in 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 Gates's um, autobiography after he after he left SecDef, and he he talked about the uh, the Army uh, Brigadier General promotion list that came came across his desk to, you know, he would, uh, approve it and then send it to the president for his ominous, ominous thing. And, um, but he looked at it and he goes like, where are all my war fighters on this list? And, um, it was all the politically correct, the, uh, the, the colonels that had all kissed the right ass and shaken the right hands and everything. But he wanted, he wanted war fighters. He wanted people that were, had, had served time in Iraq and Afghanistan and had, you know, you know, chewed dirt and, and, you know, shot guns and, you know, had to plan, you know, tactical operations, that sort of thing. So he, uh, he sent the, he sent the list back and said, no. And, and by the way, I want, I want to see the following officers on the list or, or something. I mean, it's, it's in Gates's book and it was, I mean, he tried to correct it. And so he succeeded for that one promotion cycle, but I mean, we've seen, um, I mean, just the, a terrible uh, um, lethargy of the way the promotions run, uh, and then we see we see it when as, as these generals and admirals are like getting getting called to task, getting court-martialed for behavior unbecoming, um, relieved of command, that sort of thing. Um, why? Because we've promoted the wrong people. And oh, by the way, you know we have more admirals and generals now than we had in World War II. And that's, I don't know. I don't get that. You know, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It, it generals aren't that special anymore. Admirals aren't that special anymore. Uh, you know, the, the services are always looking for extra billets and it's always a, a big competition for, you know, if, if so-and-so loses a billet, then, then, then I have to gain that billet or something like that. It's, 
it's remarkably uh, inept and inane and stupid and uh, but it's the way they all play it and it, you know i i mean it and it's been going on for a long time i mean it, it i think it started initially a little bit in korea in the 50s and it just kept kept growing as the you know as the military industrial complex grew you know and we none of us listened to eisenhower's warning um you know kennedy tried to put it in the box a little bit you know he put lemay in the box during the cuban missile crisis because i think if it had been anybody of weaker character you know who who had not served in combat like john f kennedy had you know for all his foibles and everything like that i mean you know the cuban missile crisis was a big test and he was able to keep because lemay wanted just like lemay wanted you know, to go in and yeah. oh yeah he wanted he wanted he wanted cuba to be a glowing cinder you know so miami could roast marshmallows from afar um but yeah he, he put it in the box but you know then then johnston comes in and and you know we have weak generals like westmoreland um and others and the few generals that were uh, were fighters um Gosh, there was the one uh, one Air Force general who got relieved because he made some um, off off color comments about you know bombing the North Vietnamese or or something around. I don't um, remember, back to but Stone Age. something like that. But he he taught. I mean, he was he, you know he was he was pretty uh, pretty ballsy about stuff, you know. And and Creighton Abrams realized that his his job was not so much to win the Vietnam War because he was a hero from you know from under Patton when he was a, a tank commander uh, in World War II. But his job was to save the army from the what was happening in, in the in the in the aftermath of Vietnam and things like that. So and you know and then you had General Depew who tried to you know or, or did a good job of, of building a, the new army, the volunteer army, um, and with the new doctrine. Of course we saw the success of that in Desert Shield, Desert Storm. And and it just sort of you know kind of went cattywampus after that uh, more. I mean every time we we have a good success, you know the services go well. We need three more general officer slots, or we need a whole bunch more of this. And and we're you know the promotion boards even in the agency, um, they uh, when you when you go to the senior executive service in the agency, they're not picking you know fighters or uh, or or you know out of the box thinkers. They're picking people who, hey, I want somebody who thinks just like me. I want to perpetuate the cycle of mediocrity. And that's what we have in both the services and the intel community. So, I mean, that's why General Flynn was such a, you know, a pebble in the shoe of so many people in, in, the, in, in the military intelligence community because he, he was really shaking things up. And he was asking some hard questions and making, holding people accountable. Um, I mean... So maybe it's my own naivety or idealism. I just always figured that, you know, something like 2020 election, like you'd have a contingency. There'd be something to, they've seemingly planned for everything. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's my own, you know, I can't come to terms with like the hard truth, but I mean, when you plan for everything, for every possible missile attack, gas attack, from what happens if this happens to here and this, and we got, you know, one, two, three, four deep supply lines and contingencies and tertiaries and quaternaries. And I feel like one of them would be like, yeah, well, what happens if an enemy of the state 
gets into the White House and then dismantles everything technically legally. I don't know. Like I've, I've, I don't know. I mean, now you're, now you're into the seven days in May type of scenario. And that's, you know, and, and, yeah, yeah. What I mean, that's, that's the, sorry, that's the, but that's the other, like, that's the brilliance of the attack of taking over the white house. Like what if you did do it through fraud, the military, even if they were in the right to step in, they're like, this looks like a military coup. Like they can't, they can't like, they, do anything because then the people would probably in their minds, rightfully so fight back and say, no, it's a civilian controlled government, even though they're fighting for the wrong, you know, it's fighting right. against the cops that are coming to protect you. It's. Yeah. And I mean, and when you also have the federal law enforcement agencies, you know, the FBI yeah. uh, compromised. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think most Americans realize how many actual federal law enforcement agencies there are. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's remarkable. I mean, you got the FBI, you got the ATF. Okay, you got the DEA, you, you, the Marshal Service, um, the Border Patrol, but things like that. But and the Federal Protective Service, which is kind of the the the, the rent-a-cop, if you will, for the for the you know they guard the buildings. But I um long story that I won't tell, but I, I got to spend two weeks down in, in Brunswick, Georgia at, at FUTSI, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, which is where they train their Border Patrol, the Secret Service, um, all the entities. And you go into their little their little PX, for lack of a better word, their little, you know, store. And, you know, besides all the lickies and chewies and snacks and what all, you know, they, they have all the, the mugs and jackets and patches and souvenir stuff from all the uh, all the political or p- political all the police entities that that train there the railroad retirement board police the supreme court police the capitol police I'm, some of these we know um, the uh, the us forest service law enforcement police the blm police you know uh, they're not they're not just rangers they also have law enforcement authorities um, I, I mean it's it's remarkable every uh, everybody seems to have their own little police department um, and it's it's remarkable so you you know it's really uh, it's it's um, there's a lot of them uh, out there I mean and it's it's funny to watch them sometimes argue over jurisdiction in, in the greater DC area you know there's the park police that patrol the George Washington Parkway and and the uh, the um, CNO canal thing. Stuff like, and they argue like, well, the traffic accident happened here, but the car got pushed over there. So is it is it D.C. Metro? Is it Montgomery County, Maryland? Is it Maryland State Trooper? Is it us? Is it or, you know, oh, wait, this this car belongs to the Department of Interior. Should we call the Department of Interior police guys? You know what? Uh, it just blows your mind. And all these people have they have budgets. They have uniforms. They have guns. They have tactical gear. And. You know, so when when people say back the blue, yeah, you might you might want to take that with a grain of salt. You know, back the blue, you know, don't back the blue, just protect you know, your house. Right. And uh, make sure your 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 sheriff in your county, wherever you're at, is a constitutional sheriff. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, he understand and understand what that means yeah. and make sure he understands what and his deputies understand what that means, because last thing you want is a bunch of ATF people showing up in your county. Um, saying and doing this and you know, and the sheriff just says, oh, okay, you guys are the feds. No, 
Yeah. You're the sheriff. This is your, this is your, this is your fiefdom. This is you run, you rule this. And, um, you know, you, you fight for the citizens that elected you to be their County law enforcement person. It's not an appointed job. It's an elected job. Yeah. So it's, it's important to know. Anyways, we're all over the place on this. No, one. no, no. It's, this is the stuff that, that interests me the most. This is the stuff that's on my mind. It's, I guess, can it be unwound? I mean, what do you do when the, when the very, you know, metaphorical and literal deep reinforced bunkers of continuity, when those themselves are compromised, well, they're built to survive any outside force. What if the outside forces are the guys trying to restore the Republic? I, I don't know. Maybe the optimist, maybe that's just, maybe that's the person well, in me praying. Well, you know, it, it took us 50, 50 years, give or take, to get to this point. It's not going to. It's not going to be resolved in one election or two elections. It's of course it's going to take. It's going to take a long time, and you know I go back to, you know, on a, I've been on a couple other podcasts. And I go, hey folks, you know one of the reasons I'm I'm doing this. I mean I could have sit back and retired, but we got to fight for our country. There ain't no white knight coming across. Nobody you know, coming. there ain't no. You are you are your own savior. You need to you know you need to fight. Get involved. Get informed. Um, run for office, you know, participate in the process because that's what they count on at all levels. Local, state is the apathy Ap- of, yeah. of, of the citizens. Apathy and you know, uninformed. Yeah, because, you know, I, it's remarkable how many times I've gone around and I've knocked on doors here and I introduced myself and, uh, and everything like that. And uh, they go, oh, I didn't, I didn't know um, the incumbent, you know, I didn't know he was retiring. Oh, we're going to have a primary election soon? What? It's like, wow. I mean, it's the thing is, is you can make a difference because I look at myself who's never voted in a primary, who's never really cared outside of an election. Oh, hope and change. Oh, John McCain, oh, Romney, oh, Trump. <laughs> and now I've seen over the last two years just how much of a shit show it is. And then reading, you realize, oh, this has been decades in the making. But now, you know, I've interviewed Joe Kent several times. I've put him in touch with other big guys. I'm, I get, I'm going to meet the Sabatini tomorrow. I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm talking to all these guys. I'm interviewing. I'm doing my best to try to court. You can make a dent. It's not, you're not the cavalry. You're not coming in, but you can, you can shore up your, your little area. You can. And- you know, in Afghanistan, they always like to talk about the ink blot strategy where, you know, we would, if we secured this village and that security would bleed over to the next village, it'd be like ink blots and they would, you know, gradually go. It, it, it was a theory. Yeah, never mind. Oh, but goodbye. I mean, in a way, that's, that's kind of what we need to do here is like, all right, so we take back a school board, we take back a city government or, and we sort of keep keep the momentum going and we, we, we grow it out there. And um, it, but it's hard because we, there's a lot of so-called Republicans out here running. And when I say here, I'm talking in the country that they ain't Republicans folks. They're only interested in, in uh, power and, maybe, and getting their, their slice of the government trough. Maybe we need to start running as Democrats in name only. Yeah, no, I, I have too much self-respect. I couldn't. There's 819 episodes of me not being that. There's no, you can't, I can't I, undo it. I couldn't do that. No, I couldn't I, do it. I, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd be nullified in a minute by my wife. 
<laughs> you're gonna see me the next time i'm gonna have blue hair and nine ear piercings and a blm shirt and i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be like i identify as a fox and you can be like oh god tommy's putting it in action <laughs> he's running for a democrat spot <laughs> you're gonna be like i'm gonna oh, we'll take- just call it hey, are, are you beto's younger brother you know, yeah cool yeah. hell yeah was- we're gonna take your ak-47s that that beta piece of shit jesus christ i hate that guy um yep mr mr Ron hey, hey, say hey to sabatini for me uh, i will i will i'll harass him yeah. um, please do i will I tell, will. tell him uh, an, an endorsement a low an endorsement to south dakota would 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 help because there people do people here are aware of him they're aware of joe kent yeah, I know you know, they're, they're aware they're aware of the MAGA heroes out out here and uh any anything to help me overcome my opponent would be greatly appreciated. Send me a send me a text and remind me, and I'll make a note of it. But just in case I don't, um, but I will, I will do it as soon as we get off the air. Beautiful. For now, Mr. Ron Muller, let's wrap this one up. Another fantastic, scatterbrained. <laughs> I have, as you can tell, it, we started and ended with nuclear bunkers. So to me, it's a good episode. I I don't care about the filling. We began and ended with thermal. I appreciate the bombs. time. God. That's a, oh man yeah, the the alpha and the omega being a supernova or being a thermonuclear warhead um <laughs> you know i actually have interviewed a marine that was present at the castle bravo test the 15 megaton one yeah pretty cool guy i think he's 88 89 15 megatons oh yeah i hope he was far away <laughs> he was God. he was oh no it's it's insane oh yeah no it's insane 15 megatons yeah lord in heaven yeah pat him on he's a badass um but mr Mueller, i'll send this i'll send this episode to you when it's uploaded it'll be uploaded later tonight and um yeah everybody please go visit his stuff visit his pages you can uh, donate to the campaign uh follow him on twitter all those links will be in the description um go back and watch the other episode he and i did and uh yeah man till next time yeah so much mr Mueller. appreciate it god bless thanks tommy god bless.